Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster Rebecca Adams and are not based on the advice of a licensed therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. This is Rebecca. What's up? What's everybody been up to? Hope everybody's enjoying their summer. As I uh, record this episode, I'm going to apologize in advance if you hear some crazy background noise. Now, I am not at my uh, house in my own little studio recording, but rather up in the mountains in the Pacific Northwest, and there is a little tractor going on um, on this property where they're taking down some bushes and trees, and I was not planning on having an eruption, so we're just going to go for it. Chances are you may not be able to hear it because it is in the distance, And then, of course, there's always some music behind the story. So hopefully all is well and nobody is having to listen to, you know, loud engines and all of that. So let's see here, just to catch you guys up on some news. Oh, yes. I now have a post office box. I know that some people have asked for an address and I've never had one because for privacy reasons, I don't give out my home address. Um, But I do have a PO box. And I will put that on my website and on social media. And if anybody wants to mail their story to me, or somebody has something they want me to look at, and it's better to send it through the mail, then by all means, PO box 821064, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. So there you go. And part of the reason as well that I have um, went ahead and grabbed a P.O. box is that I recently closed my merch store. I was struggling with the quality of the products that the companies were putting out. And some of the shipping costs were just outrageous. And me being a crafty type person, I have all the supplies to make no judgment t-shirts, no judgment tote bags, no judgment coffee mugs, and maybe some other things. So when I get my shit together, meaning, I don't know, soon, I hope, um, just a lot of changes, you know, with my personal life and at my home and everything, there's just, for whatever reason, some chaos happening. It's all positive chaos. It's not negative, but it still consumes my time. But when I can get that kind of ironed out, 
then I'm going to make these mugs and I'm going to make all these items and then figure out how I can list them on my website and set up a merchant account and all that through Venmo or PayPal or whatever and uh, let you guys know so then I'll be able to ship things to you. So that's big exciting news for me. Also, just a reminder that I do have out the requests um, for a few things for Ponder, Future Ponder. So what are your thoughts about sex toys? That's out there. You know, do you use them? Do you disagree? Pros and cons. Also, revenge cheating. Uh, You know, have you been unfaithful and your spouse revenge cheated or have you revenge cheated or in general what are your thoughts about revenge cheating do you disagree do you agree you know those types of things I love getting feedback from my listeners and it's just great to hear everybody's opinions Um, and I will be putting out some new ones I have a list um, that I will be creating little uh, notes on and talking about on the show or posting on social media for some other topics to come up but my next ponder episode provided nothing changes um, that'll be out next week will be of cheesy pickup lines Oh my gosh, I heard some of the funniest stuff. And I gathered this from Facebook and Twitter um, and through emails. And so if you happen to hear this episode and uh, you want to put in your your thoughts on cheesy pickup lines that you've used or have heard or has been used on you, then message me right away because I do record these about a week in advance and I don't want to miss out on yours. Um, I think I've asked for it before, but just for these last minute catch your uppers. You've been listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, where women share their stories of why they stepped out on their marriage or relationship. But, have you ever wondered what the husband or partner has to endure when they find out about the affair? It's such a controversial and sensitive subject, it's not as though one just talks about it casually among friends. However, there is a place to hear the betrayed partner's point of view and their side of the story. The wife left before my wife got home, and I felt numb. I couldn't move. I looked like a statue as she drove away. My son snapped me out of it by opening the door and asking me who she was and what she wanted. I told him she was trying to sell me something, more like steal something. My world was stolen in my garage that morning. I went in trying to act normal and failing miserably. I went into autopilot until she got home, ten minutes after I called. I just looked at her with her eyes wild, wondering what happened, and said one word, his name. Then I drove to school to drop off my kids, one in elementary, one in middle. The drive home was the longest drive of my life. My driveway loomed ahead of me, taunting me about a life that was versus a life that is. I'm not trying to sound melodramatic, but honestly, Looking at my house when I pulled up, it almost filled me with dread, as if it was haunted. When you subscribe to my Patreon, you get access to these exclusive bonus stories, which also include men's stories of their own infidelity. You will have early access to ad-free episodes and, of course, my blundering blooper reel. Visit my website at 
rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com to subscribe. I ask for a $3 a month pledge with your subscription. Perhaps you even have a story you would like to share. Remember, it's always anonymous and always without judgment. Before we get to today's story, I wanted to read an article that I found a little interesting, just with the way infidelity is, different types, whether it be emotional or um, physical, you know, how people talk to each other now, it's so different than it was 30, 40 years ago. So I thought I would share this. It's called What is Micro-Cheating? Six Behaviors That May Cross the Line in Relationships. And it's by Abby Moore. Um, an expert review by Christy Overstreet, PhD, LPCC, LMHC, CST. Wow. And it was on the website mindbodygreen.com. And of course, as usual, I will um, have the link on my episode notes. And this was actually just done December 12th of 2020. We like to assume the difference between cheating and loyalty in a monogamous relationship is black and white, but of course everything, especially in relationships, is gray. Sure, sleeping with someone outside of the relationship behind one's partner's back is pretty undoubtedly considered cheating, but what about frequently hanging out with someone you're sexually attracted to? The latter and more obscure scenario could fall under the umbrella of, quote, micro-cheating, end quote. What is micro-cheating? Micro-cheating is the act of cultivating, in small ways, inappropriate intimate connections outside your relationship, according to couples therapist Alicia Munoz, LPC. Sorry if I mispronounced. The subtle form of cheating doesn't involve physical intimacy with the other. For example, they haven't kissed or had sex with the other person. But the actions do break a couple's agreements about romantic exclusivity in other ways. Quote, many people don't consider emotional affairs to be cheating since they aren't having sex, end quote. AASECT certified sex therapist Jessa Zimmerman writes for MBG, quote, but it is the secrecy and betrayal of trust that creates the most damage, end quote. And just a segue here, yes, I've talked about it before, but emotional affairs seem to be a lot more dangerous than sexual affairs. Um, And granted, sexual affairs can also be emotional, but a lot of online things um, or meeting people, and even if you haven't had sexual intimacy with them, the emotional can seem more dangerous because it really pulls uh, your mind and heart a totally different direction and your spouse definitely can pick up on that and that emotional connection with your spouse will start to sever and they will start to notice and I've had men report that they would actually rather have their wives have a sexual affair than an emotional affair if they had to choose or deal with it okay what types of behaviors count as micro cheating Importantly, what counts as, quote, cheating in any relationship will depend on the type of agreement the two people have about exclusivity. But in general, here are some behaviors that likely count as micro-cheating in a typical monogamous relationship, according to Munoz. Again, I'm sorry, I just cannot pronounce that. One, cultivating intimate or erotic energy with others. Two, cultivating a fantasy of emotional closeness with others. 
Three, seeking out repeated intimate interactions with exes. Seeking out repeated intimate interactions with people you find attractive. Revisiting a person when you feel upset in your committed romantic relationship. And regularly draining your erotic energy with social media or other digital means, creating an intimacy drought in your relationship. Quote, micro-cheating often begins with lying to yourself, Munoz says. Quote, often it involves a slew of subtle psychological defenses like minimizing, rationalizing, and denying, end quote. To keep yourself honest and determine whether the connections are harmless or inappropriate, she recommends asking yourself, what would my partner think, feel if they saw me doing this? Or does doing this deepen my connection to my partner or distance me from my partner? Signs, someone is micro-cheating. If you're worried your partner may be cheating or micro-cheating on you, Munoz shares a list of potential signs to help you spot it. They are fixated on their phones when they normally would not be, making them not present in the relationship. They seem indifferent or checked out when you're speaking to them clearly, directly, and with vulnerability. They become defensive when you ask them about an interaction or social media exchange that they've had. They regularly hint at others' attractiveness, but don't state their needs and feelings to you directly. They withdraw and become detached for long stretches of time, especially in times of stress or conflict. What might micro-cheating mean about your relationship? There are many reasons people cheat, according to sex therapist Tammy Nelson, Ph.D. Quote, a person may be cheating because they like who they are when they're with their affair partner. They may feel sexier, smarter, more charming, and more alive when they cheat. With their spouse at home, they might feel invisible, dull, boring, or old, end quote, she writes at MBG. Zimmerman says this subtler form of cheating often starts by accident. Quote, what begins as work dinner, a message from an old friend or a flame, or a shared workout at the gym can be developed into a flirtation and an intimate affair, end quote, she writes. Quote, many people have these interactions without it turning into cheating. Others, especially those who aren't completely fulfilled in their own relationships, begin to indulge the feelings of validation, attraction, and excitement, end quote. Micro-cheating can be caused by a momentary lapse of judgment, but it could also be a sign that the relationship isn't right for you. Quote, some affairs are what I call can openers, a way to end your partnership even when you didn't know you wanted out, end quote, Nelson says. Quote, it's an unconscious way to wake yourself up to the fact that it's really over, end quote. And actually, in my studies here to become an infidelity recovery coach, they talk about that. um, And it's like, it comes in and and I I think it's the end of, well, crap, I got to look that up. Uh, Lots that I'm thinking of, um, but it does fall, I think, in one of the seven, I think there's like seven ways, um, seven types of affair. And it was like the end of relationship or end exit affair, something like that. I'll know more later. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. All that said, a relationship isn't necessarily over if there's been micro cheating in the past. Quote, if both people are open to learning about their own contribution to the problems in the said relationship, 
if they're willing to learn to take responsibility for themselves, they can actually create a much better relationship than they had before, end quote, psychologist Margaret Paul, PhD, previously told MBG. How to deal with micro-cheating in a relationship. Commit to changed behavior. If micro-cheating has become an issue in your relationship, Munoz recommends directly discussing it with your partner. It's important for the person who has been micro-cheating to understand how it makes their partner feel and to commit to changing their behavior. This also includes ending any current, quote, micro-affairs, end quote, that they may be having. Once those micro-affairs have been ended, both partners can work on rebuilding the relationship, if they choose to, that is. Here's more on how to stop cheating if this is something you personally struggle with. Discuss boundaries and agreements. Following a period of mistrust, setting boundaries and establishing open communication are really helpful for repairing the relationship. Quote, you can talk about the boundaries that help you both feel safe when it comes to flirtation, erotic images, best friends, close work colleagues, etc., end quote, Munoz says. Additionally, couples can make a fiercely honest pack where they both agree to be more open with their impulses and urges. This can help boost confidence when either partner is feeling insecure, she explains. Define what monogamy means to you. Nelson also recommends creating a concrete definition of monogamy together. Quote, monogamy is not a biological prison, nor is it a privilege. It is an agreement. It is a choice. It is something you choose every day, she says. Therefore, the agreement should be as explicit as it can be. After an affair, talk about what you want in your new monogamy agreement. Uh, What constitutes monogamy for both of you? End quote. Get some support. Working with a couple's therapist, or I'm adding this, a coach, and listening to emotional informative audiobooks or podcasts together. Ta-da! <laughs> In addition to talking about your own needs and listening to your partners can go, uh, can go a long way in repairing the hurt relationship. The bottom line. Micro-cheating is not quite as obvious as a physical affair, especially since each couple will define it differently based on their boundaries. If you're wondering whether your actions count as micro-cheating or are worried your partner might be doing it to you, it may be time to have an open, vulnerable conversation with one another about the issue. So that's interesting. Yeah, a lot of that sounds familiar. Um, A lot of it is familiar with my studies, and we've talked about this often about when it comes to trying to repair your relationship with your spouse. If you have been unfaithful, the transparency, the openness, the honesty, no secrets, no passwords in order to gain that trust back and prove to them you want to repair and move forward in your marriage or relationship the way that it was intended to be, you have to be willing to talk about the things that hurt, uh, whether it's hurting you or your partner, if they want to know. I mean, you don't have to just tell them everything. And that is part of my studies as well. I mean, you don't want to just vomit out every little sick detail that might hurt them even more. But I feel, and on my experience, if they ask as hard as it is, tell them. Um, if you are not wanting to repair the marriage or relationship, then then you need to make that a discussion and not 
try and pretend you do just to get by. I did that. That didn't work out. I went right back to my old habits. So um, interesting on like the micro cheating. And it wasn't the gentleman that I've been seeing when I first started seeing him, he has a thing about butts. And um, we were at dinner and this young gal was walking by and he'd look at her ass and then he'd look at her ass and he'd look at her ass. Well, he's also um, a retired Marine and um, he's always watching for people that could be um, carrying weapons because he has his conceals permits and, and does that. And so he's always looking to see, but okay, after the fifth time this young waitress walked by, it was obvious that she wasn't carrying any sort of a <laughs> concealed weapon while she was working. And she was like in her early 20s. So I finally had to look at him and say, you know what? That is not okay. I do not appreciate that. And I will not tolerate it. Um, I've made it clear to whomever it was I was dating, including him, that I don't need a person in my life for a financial dependency or for a roof over my head or whatever. No, I can take care of myself 110% just fine. I seek out male companionship for just that. The companionship, somebody to spend time with, to do fun things with, um, for intimacy, those types of things. And so he has worked so hard at doing that uh, excuse me, on fixing that, not continuing to do it. And he will even say, hey, I didn't look, or I just glanced or whatever. I mean, we all look at people when they walk by, and we all kind of look them up and down, whether we admittedly say we were just judging them, or you just see a person, you can see what they're wearing, or hey, nice jeans or shoes or handbag or whatever. But drooling at somebody's ass that's a different story so he and I from the beginning had to really work about what was boundaries for me and he doesn't want anything to come between us um, and he has worked so hard and and that warms my heart because that means to me he really cares he cares about me and my feelings and so you know having boundaries with each other and making it clear and being vocal about it I don't just hide when I'm upset about something. I make it clear that this is how I feel. This is what happened. And, and this is not something that I'm comfortable with. And uh, communication, let's just say, has never been a problem for me. <laughs> Obviously, since I'm talking to y'all. <laughs> so today's story is from Susie, and I received this from her back in November of 2020. And this story, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, is probably a very unique story. I don't believe I've had anybody else submit uh, a story as to, you know, the situation that happened with her and, and all from there. So let's learn more about Susie and her story. It didn't take long for me to realize I wanted to spend my life with him. He was the second man I'd ever been with, and he has been the last. The first five years were perfect. We were the envy of all of our friends. We were the perfect couple. We had what everyone wanted. We never argued. We had perfect trust. 
It's kind of hard to imagine, but I remember those days clearly. When we had our daughter, shit got real. Patience dwindled. Understanding dwindled. We did start bickering. He started watching porn. Not so much at first, but once I got a job, it picked up considerably, and when I lost it due to totaling my vehicle, it didn't slow down, and it bothered me. The bother just grew and grew. I wish that I could have let it alone or even just watched it with him. The way we had it all set up, though, he would try and hide it and not do very well. It would make me feel not only second-rate, but also like he thought I was stupid. In retrospect, absolutely, I blew this out of proportion. I started listening to marriage podcasts where the husband was sorry and the wife was hurt, and I thought he should be sorry too, but that wasn't him, you know? Well, our little porn war went on for several years. In year eight, I was alone all the time. I finally decided it wasn't going to stop, that he did not love me, that we did not communicate, that he didn't want me, and I did the thing I did. He had told me more than once, porn was just TV. Porn didn't mean anything. It was art, entertainment. I decided what he would say if the star of said porn was myself. I hatched this revenge plan for a year. I'd read about it, thought about how I would do it, troll websites, even set up accounts, but I never went through with it. Then finally, in that eighth year of our relationship, almost to nine, I followed through. The website was called extralunchmoney.com. Users would post their custom video requests, and the girls would go through them and pick what they wanted to do. Then the one who posted it would pick the volunteer they wanted, and you'd set your price. I did not anticipate the popularity. I received enough requests in my personal inbox to keep me busy for the uh, foreseeable future in the first few days. In the first two weeks, I sold two photo sets, one non-nude and four to five minute videos, one also non-nude, and I made almost $300, which was a little more than I made every two weeks working at a small store. I had dollar signs in my eyes. I couldn't spend the money because I couldn't tell. I thought maybe I could save up a big enough nest egg that it wouldn't matter where it came from. I was excited. I was business-minded. I got caught. I got caught two weeks in. My poor husband picked up my phone to a video that was in process of uploading. He thought it was for him, but then to Brad with love flashed across the screen. When I say it destroyed him, I'm not exaggerating. I can't think about it still without crying. It hurt him so bad. I had no idea he even had that many feelings at that point. And I had hurt them all. I did love him so much, and I still do. Nothing I said could bring him any comfort, though. To him, it was an affair. Maybe worse than an affair. I hadn't even really considered it cheating. Somehow I had missed it. I fought it at first because I didn't want to see it, but it was cheating. He moped around here for about two months trying and failing to Google me. 
When he finally tracked down a buyer, he was able to get one video, and it was the worst he could have gotten, of course. They were all solo, and all but one were pretty softcore, but he found the one. In March of that year, 2019, he switched gears. He found online dating sites. I panicked. I cried. I begged. He somehow calmed my fears and soothed my nerves, and then I'd get comfortable again, only to find out he was still looking. These sites showed his real name and location, where neighbors could see. Of course, anything I'd say, he'd turn it back on me. Well, you put your ass out there for the world to see. Why don't you go and tell your boyfriends about it? So... In my own guilt, I would shut up and try to cling to the promise that he was just looking. I did leave a few times, but always within a few weeks, he would come get me and bring us back. We do have a five-year-old daughter, so going home was not hard to do. Now let's fast forward about a year, current day. That pattern has continued for a year. Only now he is on WhatsApp, Kick, and Hangouts. He has women calling his phone in the evenings. I'm pretty sure he sends them money. By the way, we are not in a position to be giving out money. Never have been. I get so mad and bitter. To leave is to transfer my daughter, pull her from school, uproot our lives. To stay is a constant battle with my mouth, with my temper, and my heart. We still have sex. He says he hasn't actually met anyone, wouldn't physically. But I don't know what to believe. Every day is just another day that I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. I'm tired of being mean to him, but if I act like nothing's wrong, I feel like a damn fool. I want our family to be healthy so badly. I wish so bad that I had never made those stupid videos. I wish so badly that I hadn't walked the line. I feel responsible for destroying my own integrity and his too. I feel responsible for destroying my family, the only thing that even matters. It seems as though it's never going to get better. Ladies, if you haven't yet, especially if you have a family involved, don't do it. Do right, because the hurt doesn't ever stop. Neither does regret. Forgiveness doesn't always come either. No matter how badly you want it to, some things just cannot be undone. When I had this story come to me, I reached out to Susie and I wanted to inquire a little more and also express my support concern. And this is what I wrote. Um, Your story, I hurt for you. Listen, you owned up. You took accountability. I don't feel as though he is taking any responsibility because his porn addiction was the beginning. And then now to continue with online relationships, honey, He is using this to his advantage, and it's almost as though he is gaslighting you. I'm not a therapist, but I know in my heart you deserve so much better. There is another man out there that would never do this to you or push you to do something that you would not normally do. I know you do not know me, but I can tell you are a good person. You made a mistake. Like I said, you own that, but you do not deserve emotional abuse, which is what he is doing to you. What is it that is making you stay other than having to uproot your life with your daughter? Do you feel he will change? 
And she said, well, we met about a week after I turned 21 and he was 22. I don't know. I've seen him grow into who he is and I've seen firsthand some of the things he's gone through. Hell, I love him and I'm fast to make excuses for him. It's probably part of the problem. I've been trying to give him the love and the patience and the compassion that I desperately need myself. Maybe hoping it might rub off. Unfortunately, all of my compassion is laced with bitterness and fear and anger, despite my best intentions. He is gaslighting me. This has gone on for over a year now at varying degrees. Uh, You have no idea of the extent of some of it. Yes, I'm afraid he is taking this excuse and running with it, and I try to talk to him. Reason with him, make him see, but he just shuts me down and accuses me of never having stopped making videos, or he will say that I'm on everything he is, and I probably am signing up on those things to see what he's been able to do on his accounts. I have run myself absolutely ragged playing detective, and even when I have the messages right there, he shuts me down. He just gets angry over me checking his always locked phone. I have to stick his fingerprint to it while he's sleeping. Lately, he's been keeping his hand in the pillowcase. All of this makes me feel absolutely pathetic sometimes. It would be easy to retaliate, but if nothing else came of all of this, I have realized the importance of my integrity and am in no hurry to throw it away again. Sometimes I do and I do get in a hurry to do just that, actually. But so far, thankfully, God sent wisdom and my conscience has turned me in my tracks. But I still get told I've got them lined up around the corner. These past two years have seen months where I was not allowed visitors. He literally told everyone not to come if he was gone, which is most of the time, and most of the past two years. I have been at home without a vehicle, without a phone for 10 months, and then with my then four-year-old, now five, in constant tow, audience to my emotional shitstorm. I'd say he probably knows damn well I ain't been up to nothing, That don't make me any less of a slut to him when it's convenient, though. Because there's the other side of things, that keeps me here. Because every few nights, at least after we've had sex, he might hold me a while and he does look sorry. And he looks like my man and tells me he loves me and doesn't want me to leave him. Sometimes we cry together, wonder together how the hell this ever could have happened to us. We connect and even when I know I shouldn't, I hang on to those moments. I just can't seem to give it up. At the same time, our actual sex has never been more lacking of love. It makes me cry sometimes, but I don't think he's ever seen. He loses his his erection if I can't seem to hold my position well enough, or sometimes I don't even know why. It's like it can't get slow enough that we might focus on each other. We have to outrace our own minds when we do it, or the spell will be broken. It's stressful, and if it does happen, he gets raging pissed about it. I try and make myself exercise. I'm small, but my muscles could be improved on, and I just don't have the same stamina. It might not matter so much to me, but anymore, I swear, it's the only time he cuts his shit out and we make conversation or eye contact, and it's when he's wanting some. And damn him, I can hardly refuse him when I'm planning to. I get, to, I get it in my head to stay angry, but I can't. If the opportunity to let go and love is there, I try not to miss it. That's what folks are supposed to do, ain't it? Especially families. 
how I feel about it all. Thank you for telling me you think I'm a good person. Before all this, I was a great person. It really stole my whole identity from me. After it happened, I couldn't be any more. It felt like, and I didn't know who I was supposed to be instead. Also, this was the first time I'd ever really truly disappointed anyone, and I don't think I realized that not everything is forgivable to everyone. I had never done anything so big and wrong that I couldn't make it right. I have never really been guilty, and all these new feelings took a long time to come to terms with all on my own. I definitely don't want to do so many horrible shitty things that I have to get used that I have to get used to all those feelings or become that person all the time. It took a minute, but I do know now that you don't have to be a bad person just because you did some bad things. And I hope other women hear that a little tidbit and hold it in their hearts. No one should ever be denied forgiveness when their heart is broken and bleeding out over what they've done. That is amazing power of redemption, right? And it is still amazing even if no one knows you're redeemed but yourself and the good Lord. Still, I am so afraid that my redemption on earth will never come and that eventually I will have to face what I've, what I've horrified, what, I, what I've been hor- horrified to accept. I have destroyed my family, my dream, his dream, her dream, because I wanted so badly to be right. Because I insisted he choose me over himself before he was ready to do that. And I hope that helps someone out there too. You cannot make anyone do anything if they don't want to do it. You're only in control of you. And sometimes my case hardly, in my case, hardly even that. LOL. I dread the day that my daughter finds out what this was really about. She will be growing up in this goddamn world of cell phone porn and internet dating, getting asked for nudes from boys by the age of 12. She will grow up in this sex-fueled, love-starved world, desperately trying to find her place among the madness, like all our little girls will have to do. How much easier will it be for her to do something similar to what I've done simply because I did it first? What in the hell is she going to think a relationship between a man, between a man and a woman is supposed to look like? If any one reason prompts me to go, it's the same reason that urges me to stay, trying to figure on what's best for her. Well, I guess I'll get off my soapbox right there. I have had plenty of time and I have gone around and around and around my story, trying to discern some kind of answer from this mess. Being of the nature that it is, it's not something you're really just dying to share with friends and family, especially if you've been shamed as much as I have for it. Sometimes I feel like I must have gone out and banged a football team. It fucking sucks because I really just can't make myself get into someone else. I've tried just for the sake of a distraction, but the man has a heart and soul. If I ever manage to get them back from him, I don't know that I'll be giving them out again. I hope one day, maybe in time, we'll show him how short life is and how futile any purpose is if it is not love. It's the things you get by means of love that you will take with you when you go. All of the rest is only junk, distractions, lies to keep you from real fulfillment. Maybe one day I will find real fulfillment. I am on the right track, I think. I know that when it comes, it won't come from another, but from within. Thank you so much for listening to my drama and asking questions and caring. I had searched out infidelity on Podcast Addict, and I 
hope of getting some hope or closure or something. I like your show and the angle you come to us from. So much society paints love and relationships as a big game to be played. So many out there seem like they are against the survival of the family unit, but your show is pretty damn neutral and it's refreshing because in a story, because in an story, but for, oh, because it's not, I don't know quite what she wrote here, but for the grace of God goes. My response to her was, oh, girl, thank you for sharing this. From woman to woman, I really hurt for your position. I can tell you're doing the best you can to see him for who he was or who you know might be in there. But I worry so much that it's at the sacrifice of your own emotional health. I really see this man through your words as a person who is ultimately emotionally abusing his wife by words, the gaslighting and his excuses for his own chosen behavior. It is obvious you love him and want a life with him. I just hope for the best for you. And then I went on to ask her about sharing all of this. And she gave me permission because this was in addition to. Um, And I said, you know, would you like me to share the email with your story on the show so people can hear how you are feeling about this? I do appreciate your view on the show. I try to keep it safe, not swaying one way or the other and without judgment. So, Susie, thank you for being brave to send this in and talk more deeply about it. Um, It has been several months since you sent this over to me, so I would love to check in with you and see how you're doing. So if you get a moment, email me and let me know um, how you're doing, if things have improved or if they're staying the same or they're not. Um, I know many people listening to this episode, their heart is breaking for you because from the outside, we're able to see that he, by not allowing people to come over, by keeping you trapped at home, it is, that is absolutely not okay. Um, that is not what marriage is. This is more like you're under house arrest and um, almost, you know, being held hostage in your own home. So please be safe. Um, Just if you feel like you're ever in danger, though, make sure you reach out to the appropriate people because you and your daughter need to be safe. Thank you so much again for sending this in. Take care, Susie. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope this podcast has been helpful to you. And if you are interested in sharing your story, always know it is anonymous. You can visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com and click on story guides. And there you will find an outline to help you form your story for the podcast. While you're visiting my website, feel free to vote for me to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. Visit the merch store in case you're interested in some no-judgment coffee mugs or a tote bag. If you are interested in subscribing to Patreon for those extra episodes and my bloopers, you can also subscribe directly from my website by clicking on Patreon. Also, if you could please rate and review me where you listen to your podcasts, especially on Apple, that would be great as it will help others find this show. Feel free to email me anytime at rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. Thank you again for all of your support. Please be kind to one another. Stay well, stay happy, and always remember, 
no judgment. Goodbye.